If I could go back and do one thing differently when I was starting this podcast, I would have set up my online store right away. Because as this podcast began to grow and I had dreams of different products, the things that really held me back from starting that was like not knowing how to set up an online store, which is why I'm really excited to tell you about Shopify because Shopify makes this so easy and you do not have to be stuck in the how the heck do I have an online store stage like I was for years. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting or maybe you're about to make your one millionth sale. And you can sell anything. It could be meditation deck. It could be artisanal candles. Maybe you make dog bandanas. Whatever it is, Shopify has got you covered. Plus, it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which is amazing. Had Shopify existed when I started this podcast, it would have made my life so much easier. I wouldn't have been stuck and like frozen and not knowing how to start up an online store, which took me years to do because I just... I didn't know about Shopify yet. But thankfully, you can learn from my mistake and sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly. And today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So I'm Kelly, and if you are new here, welcome. Uh, This is an episode where um, I don't lead a meditation. I just kind of speak openly and organically um, just about different topics every month. So this month we are going to be doing something a little different. I'm going to be answering your questions. So just a reminder that you could be getting this episode and all episodes intro free and ad free if that's something that you are hoping to get. Um, There is now a subscription feed where you can unlock everything intro free and ad free. So if that is something you're like, ooh, I want that, then you can click the link in the show notes. I'll put all the details and everything in there. So like I said, we are mixing it up today and I'm going to answer your meditation questions. So this is a combo of questions. Um, I put a little question box on Instagram. If you don't follow me over there, you can find me at Yoga Fuel Online. Again, I'll link in the show notes. Um, But I'm also putting in some of the most commonly asked questions that I get all the time, like every month, whether it's if I see people in person or via email or whatever it is. So combo of your questions and also just really common questions that I get a lot. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to just answer some of these questions and they're really good ones. So there are 10 of them, 10 of pretty much the most commonly asked questions. So the first one, this is one that I get all the time. In fact, I was just recently interviewed on a podcast just about this topic. um, And I've received a few messages about it recently. So I thought that I would just start with this one. And that is, is meditation a religious practice? Or sometimes I get asked, you know, Am I converting to another religion if I practice meditation? 
The answer is no. Meditation is not a religious practice. It does not require that you be any specific religion or hold any beliefs or faith. Meditation in and of itself is just single-pointed concentration. And what that means is that you're trying to take your mental power and you're trying to basically take all of your mental power and you want to focus it on one thing. That's all meditation is. Now, that one thing, that point of concentration or your object of concentration, that could be anything. That could be your breath. That could be the sound of my voice when you're listening to a Mindful Minutes episode. It could be a mantra. It could be that you're using that time and your point of concentration as a way to build a deeper relationship with whatever it is that you believe. But that doesn't mean that any one particular religion or faith um, – is being practiced when you are practicing your meditation. Uh, meditation, you know, to meditate, it's it's a verb. And you can, you know, do that anywhere with any set of beliefs or without any set of beliefs, and you can make it completely yours. So I always like to clear that up, that meditation is not a religious practice. It does not mean that you are converting to Buddhism or anything like that. Even though you have heard me talk about my experience with studying with Buddhist monks, um, that's when I was learning a very particular kind of style of meditation. Um, but even that, uh, the point of concentration there was just loving kindness, which is not something that is exclusive to uh, that religion or that faith. Um, loving kindness is something that is kind of just a uh, humanity trait instead of a particular religious trait. So I get that question probably several times a month at least. Um, so I like to to clear that up because I, you know, I would never want anyone to feel uncomfortable with anything or to think that they were somehow um, doing something that they didn't believe in or that didn't feel right to them while practicing their meditation. Now, that being said, I do know people where um, a lot of times they use their meditation time or once they're kind of deep in meditation, they then use that time um, to then pray or to kind of practice their prayers. And it's because when they're in that relaxed state, they feel like they can get a little bit closer to God or the universe or whatever it is that you believe in. So remembering that that point of concentration doesn't have to be religious. If you want it to, that point of concentration can be something that's important to you and your faith as well. You get to choose what it is. But the actual act of meditation itself, totally not religious. It's just a verb. It's just taking all of your mental capacity and focusing it on one thing. So uh, the next question is one that came to me from Instagram, and it is, how do I know what style of meditation is best for me? And this is a great question. Um, I do get this one a lot too, and I think that it's important. There's a few things going on here with this question. So there are a lot of different styles of meditation. Sometimes I think meditation is like trying to figure out the style of jeans that look best on you, right? Or for my ladies out there trying to find what size you are in a certain brand of jeans, which if you do not have the finding denim struggle like I do, then, you know, more power to you. But that is definitely something that is, you know, not always easy. And sometimes trying to find the meditation style that fits you best, it can feel like that where it's like, I don't know you know, I don't know which style to try. I don't know what, you know, size in this brand I am. And you can feel a little bit lost because there's a lot out there. So I always tell people in the style of meditation that's best for you is the one that you enjoy because that's the one that you're most likely to stick to. Now, you also, you know, you don't know what you don't know. 
And so you may not know that there's another style out there or something that would be a little bit better for you or maybe you'd enjoy a little bit more. So I do usually encourage people to kind of begin with the guided meditations, um, not only because obviously I love them and my podcast is full of them, but because with the guide of a teacher, you can kind of sample different styles of meditation. You can get a feel for, do I like focusing on the breath? Do I like using imagery? Do I like using mantra? And you can kind of sample different things and then... And the ones that you really like, maybe then you dive deeper into that particular style. You read some books on it. Maybe you go and, you know, do a good Google deep dive. Maybe find some practices on YouTube, whatever it is. And you can kind of explore a little bit more. Um, But what I will say, just doing like a quick rundown, um, depending on what you like, Um, I can make a few recommendations. So if you like being led by someone, so if you really struggle with um, like self-led meditation, then of course I'm going to recommend a guided meditation for you because then you have that guide. If you really like to um, feel like you want to be moving or doing something other than sitting with meditation, perhaps something like a walking meditation is going to be best for you. If you want to work on building compassion or open up your heart, um, maybe something like loving kindness or twin meditation is going to be best for you. If you like to bring it down like just to basics and have that like quiet soft alone time, maybe something like a breath meditation or a present moment meditation is going to be best for you. Maybe you like to work with mantras or maybe you're interested in like transcendental meditation. All of these things like there's so many different styles of meditation and so I encourage you to really try a bunch of different ones and the one that you enjoy that's the one you're most likely to stick to and um, get the most benefit out of. So another question is, um, I struggle, this kind of leads into what we were talking about. I struggle with sitting still um, during unguided meditation. What tips do you have? So this is kind of talking about like if you're not listening to a guided meditation, often this is when people will say they try to like, quote, like think of nothing or turn their mind off, which isn't really the purpose of meditation. We're just kind of trying to, like I said, um, take your brain from like a light bulb and turning it into like a laser pointer to focus on one thing. So you never really truly like just turn your mind off, like flip it off like a light bulb. But I will say that if you really struggle with like an unguided style of meditation, so say a present moment meditation, or maybe one where you're just focusing on your breath, um, and, but you want to explore it, but you find that it's really hard, something that I really encourage you to do is to be just a little bit more like curious with it and inquisitive and to um, really kind of like, like be the observer of your meditation practice. So instead of trying to sit and focus on your breath and every time you get distracted, you think, oh, shoot, and you get like really frustrated and you're like, this is really hard or you get doubt on yourself. I really encourage you to just be a little bit more inquisitive. So maybe you're like, hmm, that's really interesting. I seem to be getting really distracted or, hmm, I really seem to be wanting to write my grocery list or write my to-do list. Like be a little bit more inquisitive and just be an observer. And then you'll start to notice these patterns and you'll find that if you just observe these thoughts as they come in or these distractions or these struggles and you don't necessarily make them yours or label them like good or bad, you just observe them, they're way easier to release. So 
if you're sitting there focusing on your breath and your to-do list keeps popping in your head and you're just like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm really worried about that email I have to send, or I'm, I'm really feeling overwhelmed with everything that's on my to-do list today. When you kind of take the attachment away from it and you can just say, huh, that's interesting. Like I'm really feeling overwhelmed. Um, and you can even say, you know, good thing I'm meditating so I can get my mind clear for a few minutes. So then I can sit down, you know, with that clear mind and really start to tackle that to-do list instead of letting that frustration creep in or that worry or that anxiety. If you can try to remove yourself a little bit more from it, almost like you're watching someone else meditate or you're kind of watching or listening to their thoughts while they meditate. If you can remove that attachment, it really, really, really helps. Um, also, I would say with an unguided meditation, like just start small, just a few minutes, maybe, you know, five, 10 minutes of following your breath or opening your senses or whatever it is. And then over time, you can start to add more time. When we get used to following a guided meditation, which isn't a bad thing, but if that's what we're used to, it will seem like meditation is taking a little bit longer when you take that guide away. You don't have that person to listen to. You're just kind of left with your own thoughts. It'll feel like, you know, it's taking longer or time's moving slowly kind of in the bad way. But you just have to be patient with yourself. Just start small, take baby steps. And if you can, try to just appreciate the alone time. Like, appreciate the time to check in with your body to check in with your thoughts to be the observer to slow down and try to just really kind of cherish that time and do your best to not label the meditation as like a quote good meditation or quote bad meditation like all meditation is good if you're doing it you're doing it and you're doing great now whether or not it feels productive or it feels like you really got deep into your meditation is another story um, but I want you to really try to just be a little bit more inquisitive like have a little more fun in it bring a little more lightness into your heart if that if that helps for that question all right so uh, the next question is um, what do I do for my meditation practice? This is one that I get a lot too. Um, you know, what is, what is my personal meditation practice look like? And the truth is, is it, it looks a little bit different every day. Um, there's some, you know, some similarities, but some differences too. So, um, I used to meditate kind of at the same time every day. I used to meditate in the morning. Um, and then I, had a baby and one that um, doesn't really like to sleep that much. So now I try to like more like morning is a little bit relative and I do try to sleep until baby pork chop wakes up, which is sometimes anywhere between like 4:30 a.m. and 7:30 a.m. So sometimes it's like, you know, anyways, you're not here to <laughs> you're not here to hear about my sleeping woes. Um, but pre-baby I used to like to meditate like very first thing in the morning right out of bed um, or um, sometimes I'd meditate in the evenings. But I would say like when I was pregnant and things like that, I really enjoyed um, using that time when I first woke up to just like get my mind clear, to practice my gratitude, to kind of connect with baby um, and just like, you know, set the tone for my day. I really enjoyed that. Now I like to do it in the evenings. So once I put little guy down to bed, um, you know, I, I try to get to bed as soon as I can as well. Um, but I like to um, spend the last few minutes of the day 
recently, ever since he was born, um, doing my meditation practice. And I really like doing it in the evening now too, um, because what I do practice is a little bit different. So kind of like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, like that single pointed concentration, um, I kind of mix up styles and, you know, change what that point of concentration is for me, um, you know, based on what it is that I need or how I'm feeling or what I want to cultivate. So sometimes, you know, that'll be mantras. Sometimes um, I'll do maybe some loving kindness meditation. Um, sometimes, like more recently, what it's been looking like is I'll actually use that meditation time to be quiet and still and either ask for guidance or ask for help on certain things um, and then just take some time to listen. So this isn't necessarily like a specific like style, I guess. I um, It's more of just like a meditation technique. And something that I've been doing is um, in the evenings, I like to kind of ask um, like the universe and ask like the angels or really anyone like good guides, whoever, um, I like to ask them to come and do what I call like take the night shift um, for baby pork chop because I was struggling for a while with having a lot of anxiety about going to sleep and, you know, sleeping while he was sleeping and just worrying about, you know, um, what's, you know, what if something happens to him while, while I'm asleep? And I know this is a common worry and a common anxiety for a lot of moms. And it's definitely one that I was struggling with. So the way that I've been combating that is not only making sure that my meditation practice is consistent, blah, blah, consistent so that I'm getting those physiological and neurological benefits um, that I've spoken about before on this podcast, like shrinking my amygdala, um, kicking out of that fight or flight response, going more into that rest and digest. Um, but also like emotionally, it's really been helping me to take time to be quiet and still in the evening, take a moment of gratitude. Um, lately for me, it's, you know, a moment of gratitude for basically just life, having another day on earth, having another day with baby pork chop, with Mila, with my family, with whatever it is, kind of naming a few things I'm really grateful for. Um, and then just welcoming in kind of, I guess like the goodness or welcoming in like help, I guess. And I, I don't, it's so funny. Like I do this every night, but now that I'm sitting here in my closet, like like now that I'm sitting here in this tiny little closet talking about it, I like, I almost feel like a little bit emotional talking about it, which is very, very strange for me. And I also don't usually talk about things on this podcast that make me feel that way. Um, so maybe I'll just blame it on hormones, but that's probably not it. Um, but I, I think the reason that I'm starting to feel a little bit emotional when I talk about it is because it's it's such like an important, but it's also become just like a really beautiful time for me um, to kind of like not only have that time for me, but to kind of ask for help and guidance, like help, you know, help with, you know, being a mom, but then also help and asking like kind of like the angels. I've been reading some interesting books on just kind of like angels or, you know, talking to your guides and things like that. And basically I, um, ask them to watch over my little guy while I'm sleeping. So I call it the night shift. Um, and so I ask them, you know, and I basically say, Hey, um, I'm going to go to bed now. Um, I need to, I need to get some sleep so I can take the day shift so I can, you know, mentally be there and physically like be there to be able to like watch him and, 
keep him safe and, and all of that. And then I, I ask um, my guides and um, a particular like ancestor of mine and, um, you know, like my angels. And I, I ask them to please watch over him and and do the night shift for me. So then I know that they're watching him and I don't have to like worry and have that anxiety and carry it into sleep. I do not know why. <laughs> I don't know why that's like giving me feels right now because I do it every single night and I really don't like, you know, I don't feel this way about it when I do it at night, but I, I think there's something just about like articulating it and sharing it. Um, I guess, I don't know, knowing it's going to be out in the universe, but, um, and so I do this and it just, it makes me feel better. And so for me personally, my meditation practice is something that has really changed and evolved over the last few months because what I need right now is I need that quiet time to connect with self, to experience gratitude, and then to ask the universe to help me with that, you know, that worry or that anxiety. And so that, I mean, that's my very honest answer. That's exactly what it looks like right now in the evenings. It's pretty much all the same. And then I do that. And then um, usually then I do a little bit of like visualization or like body relaxation um to help me fall asleep because a lot of times I'll do this like in bed um so yeah that's that's what it looks like right now which it's like I said it it changes all the time and I always encourage like all of you I encourage my students like your meditation practice will change it's this living breathing thing and based on what you need and based on what you're like called to practice or what your heart wants or whatever it is like your practice will change and it should change it's not always going to necessarily be like the exact same thing all the time like there will probably be a time at some point um, I don't know when whether it'll be you know tomorrow or in you know five years where my meditation practice will change again and I'll be needing something different and then I'll give myself that um, but I do really encourage you when you practice, like, to first sit down and ask yourself, like, what you need. And it might be something different every day. So me, as I kind of figure out and navigate, like, this new role of being a mom and, like, worrying about my tiny, you know, little baby pork chop, um, who actually really isn't that little anymore. He's just, like, big and fat and <laughs> huge. But, um, like, for me, I need a little help letting go of that like worry and that anxiety that I have at nighttime um and so I'm still like working with that and sometimes that you know does mean mantras but usually it just means being still practicing gratitude um spending some time sending love to myself um sending love to you know my husband um and to little guy and then also to Mila as well um and something that I learned recently I know this is a little bit of a tangent um, but something that I learned recently is um, I was talking to someone and and I was talking to this person and basically about trying to this is this is very random you guys are probably like okay Kelly like get back to the point but um, I think it's a cool technique so I want to share it but I was talking to someone about how like Mila had been doing 
with James and how I felt like, you know, like she loved him, but she'd been struggling a little bit because she's so used to being the only child. And um, they taught me this this technique of not only should I like look at her and pet her, um, you know, and tell her that I love her, but that I should see this like ray of light going from my heart, like this kind of warm pink, like heart chakra kind of light going from my heart and like wrapping around her in like this bubble basically so then she not only like sees me loving her you know and like hears me saying I love her but then can like feel me loving her and and I I mean I do think that that practice has been working but it's also something that now I like to incorporate into my meditation practice and if there's anyone that I like want them to feel my love then I not only like while I'm meditating like think about how I love them and um you know say that I love them but then also imagine like that that pink warm loving light like going from my heart and like wrapping around them so kind of like a loving kindness meditation but a little different so anyways that's you know a practice I've been doing that I've been finding really powerful like kind of that heart light um so maybe that's something that that you want to give a try and um the book I've been reading because people do this isn't one of the questions but people do ask um about this I've been reading it's called Oh, shoot. It's called, I think it's called like Angel. Oh, it's called Angel Relationships, A Match Made in Heaven. Um, I can't remember the author, but I'm going to, I'm going to link it in the show notes. And it's kind of interesting. It's all about just like how you can talk to your angels, how you can connect with them, like different ways they can like show you signs. Um, I know some of my students um, that I chat with on Instagram sometimes, if, if I've recently sent you um, a picture of like a page in a book, it was from that book um, because it, I was reading about something that you and I had been talking about. Um, But I'll link it in the show notes because I can't remember the author off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what my meditation practice looks like right now. It varies in length. Um, honestly, just depending on how exhausted I am, sometimes it's five minutes. Sometimes it's like a nice, like juicy, like 20 minutes. Um, but that's it. So I appreciate you listening to that. Although I guess if you didn't want to listen to it, you would have just turned off the episode. So, okay, moving on. Before we continue on with the episode, I wanted to take a moment to tell you about one of my favorite things. Hungry Root. Hungry Root is a personalized grocery service that makes it easy to eat healthy by sending fresh, hand-picked groceries with recipes straight to your door. You start by telling Hungry Root a little bit about yourself, your food preferences, any dietary needs that you need to build your food profile. Then you can choose from a variety of meals and groceries that fit your profile, and they will be sent right to your door. Plus, there is a ton of variety, and the food is delicious. And in fact, before I sat down to record, I had a whole grain curry chicken veggie wrap with some plantain chips on the side, and it was delicious. In fact, I've already decided that I'm going to make another one for dinner, and I think I'm going to have the gingery salmon poke bowl because that sounds good to me. And the best part is that these meals are all so quick and convenient, with most recipes taking less than like 15 minutes to prepare, which is essential for someone like me who is juggling a lot of different plates, like running a business, being a mom, and just trying to keep my sanity. That seems like a full-time job sometimes. So 
if you want to try Hungry Root and have healthy groceries and simple recipes sent straight to your door, you can. Hungry Root is offering the Mindful Minutes community 30% off your first two deliveries and a free gift for life. So you could choose from almond chickpea cookie dough, veggies, or premium protein. Although, let's be real, I went with the cookie dough and you could get it for life. So to save 30% off your first two deliveries and get a free gift for life, click the link in the show notes or use coupon code mindful at checkout. That's coupon code mindful to save. And now on with the episode. Uh, The next question, what are the best mindful minutes, meditations, or specific episodes for stress and stressful times? This is a question I got on Instagram. Um, It was actually in relation to someone um, that is living um, in India right now, and they obviously are going through so much and going through this huge wave of COVID. And my heart just goes out to all of you, and they were kind of curious Um, what, you know, meditations might be best. And I thought this was a good one just to answer on the podcast because we all experience stress. We all experience really stressful times, you know, triggering times. Um, And so I I thought that this was something that was pertinent to, you know, not just people that are um, in India right now, although, you know, I I just, I've been thinking of of all of you and all of my listeners there and, and just sending you a huge hug and hoping that it gets better soon. Um, so honestly, the answer here is there really is no answer. And the reason that I say that is because again, there's a few factors here. One, you should be doing the meditations that feel good to you and that you like, because we know that it doesn't matter the topic of the meditation. We know it's just the act of meditating that helps to kind of kick into that rest and digest instead of that fight or flight. Um, That helps to reduce our anxiety and our stress response in our body and helps helps our brain to stop sending that kind of anxiety under stress, like panic, danger, signal. So it really doesn't necessarily matter the topic. Um, I would just recommend that you do the ones that like feel good to you or seem like interesting topics and that you're just getting that daily practice in. Now, that being said, of course, there are specific meditations. Um, I mean, they all have a topic and there's, you know, several that are specific for like stress relief and relaxation. Or perhaps if your stress like me comes in at night, maybe you want to do one of like the sleep ones or the insomnia ones. But really, there isn't like a specific episode that I'm like, oh, this is the one that you should be doing because everyone's practice is so different. And, you know, there's some people that like love the ones that are really heavy on guided imagery. And there's some people that love the ones that have to do with breath some people that love the sleep meditations like it doesn't matter what the topic is if you're really feeling stressed if you're under these really 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 hard times um just something anything just getting like those 10 minutes of meditation in a day that's all that matters okay um another question from instagram can you get the same effects of meditation when you're lying down as sitting up absolutely and i wanted to answer this one because i get a lot of questions about like meditation positions um there's a common misconception that like you need to be able to sit crisscross applesauce um and that that's like how you will be able to get deeper in your meditation or you know that's like the proper way to meditate and i don't i don't believe that i don't subscribe to that idea um because we're working with the mind and there's no one particular position 
that is necessarily better than another. It's about finding the position that works for you. So that might be lying down. Me personally, I like to lie down. Um, I like to lie down like flat on the ground, maybe on like a yoga mat with like bent knees um, and my feet planted firmly on the floor. That's good for me for meditation. Or I like to sit with my back up against a wall because recently, especially like after birth, my core is still regaining its strength. And so I find that sometimes um, I get like a lot of back pain if I try to kind of just sit without any support um, while I'm still working on kind of like rehabbing that area. You could sit in a chair if you want. Basically, you can do any position that feels good to you as long as your spine is long you're able to breathe without anything getting in the way and you can get relaxed enough that you can really release the physical body but not so relaxed that you're going to fall asleep right away and if it if your position meets that criteria it works and you're going to get the exact same benefits out of there um and it's actually i mean it's important to find a position that works for you instead of trying to like do a seated meditation so you feel like you're doing it, quote, like the right way. Because if you think about it, like sitting in an uncomfortable way is going to pull you out of your meditation a lot more as you're like, oh, like my back is aching or like my hips hurt here or my knees are feeling creaky. Like that's going to pull you out a lot more than just finding a position that works for your body and then practicing the meditation there. Um, okay, so the next question is one that I get a lot. Um, and I did see it on Instagram a few times as well. And it is tips on deepening a meditation practice. So these are people that are reaching out. Um, they want to go a little bit deeper. They want to, you know, challenge themselves and kind of extend their practice. So what tips do I have for someone that's wanting to do that? And I, you know, I do have some, obviously. That's why I picked it for this podcast. But um I, you know, if you're feeling like you kind of want to level up your meditation practice, I think that's amazing and you absolutely can do it. And, and this is what I recommend. So first I would recommend, um, extending your time and also extending your time and incorporating some unguided time. So what that might look like is if you're already doing some kind of a meditation practice, like a self-guided meditation practice, like you're not listening to one of my podcast episodes or listening to another guide, great. Um, that's something that can be challenging in and of itself. And I would encourage you to just start adding a little bit more time to that. So adding, you know, two more minutes or five more minutes. And it's kind of like if, you know, you're training for a marathon, you wouldn't just wake up one day and say, you know, I want to level up my running. I've been running two miles in the morning. I'm going to run eight today right? You'd probably be like, okay, I'm going to go for like two and a half or maybe three. And then you start kind of like adding more and more and more. That will definitely help kind of deepen your practice as you spend more time in that like meditative state. Also, if you are currently only using guided meditations, which is perfectly fine, but what I would encourage you to do is like at the end of one of the mindful minutes episodes, like when it's wrapping up and I'm saying, you know, thank you so much for joining me for this meditation practice, just hit pause really quick and try to have a few minutes of unguided time at the end of that meditation. So you just boop, hit pause or you can um, make sure that like your autoplay isn't turned on so then it'll just like shut off at the end of the episode and not roll into the next one. And then try to have like five minutes of unguided meditation time there. That's something that could really help deepen your practice. And maybe you do 10 minutes, something like that. You could also try a different style of meditation. So again, 
you know, I'm all about the workout analogies right now. But if you are, you know, wanting to gain strength and you're always doing cardio, then maybe you decide that you want to put some weights in or you want to maybe add some resistance training or start using some resistance bands, which I've been doing recently. It makes me really sore. So it's on my mind. Um, but, you know, trying a different style, mixing it up. Maybe you read like a book on meditation or, you know, you do like a private session or you take like a little mini workshop on a different style and and you try something new. That can be enough to really kind of challenge your mind and challenge your practice to kind of level it up there. Um, if you really want to level your practice too, this might be the time that you want to go find a teacher or some kind of a mentor and you work either like one-on-one -on -one or small group or you find someone that can really help you personally with your practice if like you really, really want to go deep with it. So those are probably just a few of my favorite tips for deepening your meditation practice. Um, the next question, question number eight. How can you introduce your children to meditation? This is a wonderful question. Again, I get this one a lot. And honestly, I think some of the best ways to introduce your children to meditation, of course, it kind of depends on the age of your children. Um, but I I like to, and um, you know, I, I used to work as a nanny part-time um, before, you know, I was doing, you know, this and my business full-time and before I had my own children. And, you know, I, I liked to kind of teach some of these principles um, to kids of, of all ages. And the way that I would kind of introduce it to them and the way I plan on introducing this to my little guy is... Um, I would just say like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice my meditation now. Um, or do you mind if I take a few minutes, you know, while you're watching whatever Peppa Pig, and um, or Paw Patrol, whatever it is? Do you mind while you do that if I just take a few minutes to meditate? And I mean, obviously, I'm not just gonna be like, okay, bye, kids, see you later. <laughs> um, but I will, you know, sit where I can still like supervise them, and just close my eyes and just, you know breathe and basically let that child observe me meditating um, to get a feel for like, you know, what it is or what it's like. And usually that's enough to kind of pique their interest a little bit. They, you know, kids are curious. They want to know like, well, what are you doing? Well, why do you do that? How do I do it? And I found that just kind of like showing them just my meditation practice and kind of opening up that dialogue if they're old enough to you know, have that conversation with you um, is the best way to kind of start introducing meditation to kids, like the idea of it. Then you can just start having some fun with it. You know, uh, when kids are meditating, you can start with like a minute and you can just say, um, kind of guide them through it and say, well, you know, how are you feeling right now? Or what do your senses tell you? Like, what do you hear? What do you see? What do you smell? Um, you know, what do you feel in your heart? Or you can have them, you know, focus on their, their belly and try to slow down their breath, just breathing in and out or do a different breath technique. Like a common one is like you breathe in through the nose and then kind of blow out through the mouth, kind of like you're blowing out like through a straw. Um, so you could do, you know, something fun like that. Um, someone once described it to me like inhaling ribbon, exhaling glitter, which is kind of fun. Um, there's a lot of really great books out there too that have different like meditation and mindfulness, um, like games and things you can do with kids. But honestly, I think just having them observe your practice and then kind of just like if they're curious about it, like invite them to kind of join you in. Um, it's also kind of a nice bonding time. Like 
I, I really enjoyed my time when I was pregnant, um, meditating like with pork chop and, um, you know, obviously he was like, you know, like negative three months old at that point. But, um, I do kind of feel like, I don't know, it was a nice way to like bond with him. Um, but I also like to, when I can, he's very squirmy now, but like if I'm meditating, just kind of have him like sit in my lap. And I do feel like kids can kind of pick up on like your energy and pick up on like that calm state. It's actually kind of interesting. Like, um, the music that I used to listen to, like when I was meditating, when I was pregnant is now still music. Like when I, when I turn it on, it really like calms him now. And I think that he recognizes it from when he was like in, um, in my belly and, um, yeah, I think that's really just like the best way is you just kind of get them interested and then just talk to them about it and be like, yeah, like this is my meditation practice. Like this is, you know, what I, this is what I do and why I do it and how I do it. And depending how old your kids are, like, I know a lot of you listening to this podcast, I know there's a lot of like mom and kid, like duos, like parent and kid duos where you guys like do these guided meditations together because your kids are a little bit older. And I think that's really awesome and just beautiful. Um, and so that you absolutely can do too. Like you can just invite them to do a meditation with you. Um, so I think that's the easiest way to introduce it to them. Also, if there's a place around that does like kids yoga, a lot of times, um, or, you know, like mommy and me or caregiver and me yoga, they will um, always have an element of like mindfulness or meditation. Um, and so sometimes like going to those classes and like having fun and exploring yoga. And then at the end, maybe they'll do a shavasana and, you know, introduce some of these elements that can be a fun way to do it too. So question number nine, what is my favorite meditation music? Um, I like to, one of my favorite, favorite artists on the whole planet, if you've ever been on a retreat with me, you have heard them. They're called Beautiful Chorus, and they are my absolute favorite. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I love them. I love everything about them. Beautiful Chorus, I love it. Um, there's also quite a few, like, different artists that I like, and I think instead of answering this and like, naming out all these different artists. Um, so I do have a, uh, Spotify profile where I create, um, is that what you call it? It's like 90 years old. Like, oh, my Spotify profile. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. That looks like a profile, right? I don't know. I'm getting old. Um, but I have like a bunch of different playlists that I create and share like with my yoga for you crew. So my teaching alums, um, it's also where I create like the playlists that you can use for like the virtual retreats and stuff. I put them all in the same place. So I'm just going to link to that. I have quite a few like yoga and meditation playlists and they're, I mean, that's what I use when I'm meditating. Cause I mean, I created them and they're all full of like the music that I love when I practice. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes, but the first thing that comes to mind is like beautiful chorus. I'm just absolutely obsessed with them a dream of mine that I have is to do an event with them um it was something that I thought maybe was going to happen pre-covid um and probably one of like the biggest disappointments of my whole life was when that you know wasn't necessarily going to happen because of covid but I have not given up it's something I'm still going to work on manifesting that maybe one day I will be able to collaborate with them because that would just be like oh and I'd be so like starstruck with them <laughs> they'd probably be like who are you lady uh, but I would be so starstruck and like just being able to do a practice with them I just love the like just you know I just ugh, I just love everything about them so anyways I will link to them and I will link to my Spotify playlist for that um and then question number 10 
do I ever skip my meditation practice? Me personally, Kelly, do I ever skip my meditation practice? And what do I do when I fall out of my habit? So two-part question. Um, This is from Instagram. So wondering, you know, do I ever uh, skip my meditation practice? Which the answer is yes, I'm a human. (laughs) It happens. Um, And then they were wondering, like, how can they get back into the meditation bandwagon? Which I get this question a lot, too, where people feel like, you know, I was meditating. Um... You know, I was doing really well and I really enjoyed it. Like I felt great and then life got busy and I kind of stopped doing it and now I'm having a hard time like rebuilding that habit. So so the first, you know, answer like, yes, sometimes I do skip my meditation practice. Like I am just a human. I am a mere mortal. Sometimes I am too tired. Sometimes life is too busy. Sometimes I flat out forget. Um, sometimes I know I should be doing it and I don't. And that is just the honest truth and that's just the humanity in me. Um, but I will say like, especially more recently when I've been really trying to focus on, um, just like my well-being and my mental health and like navigating this big transition into motherhood, um, I have really been prioritizing my practice and not really skipping it recently. But sometimes like when I was doing a lot of travel and things like that, um, I, I just wouldn't make time for it. Like I probably should have. And, you know, that's just the honest truth and it happens and it happens to the best of us. And you can, you know, skip your meditation practice. You can fall out of the habit, but you can always come back to it. You don't have to have shame. You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to beat yourself up over it. You just start again. So if you personally have kind of fallen out of the habit or maybe you want to build a better habit with it, um, these are my tips for that. So I do recommend that you, you know, the first thing you have to do is like commit to it, like mentally, emotionally, like commit to it. Like I'm doing this and try your best to commit to it for a minimum of a daily meditation practice for two weeks. The reason being is you're most likely to quit um, within those two weeks. And then usually once you hit kind of like that 14 day mark, it's become enough of a habit and like you're really feeling the benefits that you don't want to let it go. So you might just have to kind of push yourself and challenge yourself for those first two weeks. But if you can get like through those first 14 days, you're usually pretty golden. Um, And so committing to yourself for, you know, I usually recommend 10 minutes a day and you can do any kind of meditation you want. It could be listening to one of my podcast episodes. It could be doing your own practice. It could be following your breath, a hybrid of the two, um, and just spending that time 10 minutes a day. I do recommend, you've heard me say this before, but a first 10 or a last 10, The uh, which when I say that, I mean first 10 minutes of the day or last 10 minutes of the day. The reason I recommend one of those two times is because if you say, I'm going to do it sometime today, your whole day will get filled up with stuff. And before you know it, the day's gone and you haven't meditated yet. So I'll, you know, I leave it up to you, obviously, and what you prefer, but really syncing up um, to kind of like sleep. So either just ending your sleep and waking up and meditating or just before you go to sleep and meditating, I find people are more likely to be successful and stick with it if they do that. Um, And then just like be kind to yourself. I know that sounds so simple, but don't beat yourself up over it. You don't need to make it a big deal. Like you just you just start doing it and you commit to it and you know maybe write down why you're doing this like how do you want to feel like what inspired you to you know get back on the meditation bandwagon or to build stronger habits um and you know remember your why maybe you write it on a little post-it note and stick it by your little meditation spot and every time you know you go to sit down for your meditation you remind yourself of why and that's really, you know, that's really it. Those are my my biggest and best tips for 
um, you know, when you fall off the meditation bandwagon. And, and often, like, if you're just not I usually remind myself, like, if I'm just, if I feel like I'm too busy or I'm just not into it or whatever it is, I always remind myself, I'm like, Kelly, you're going to feel really good after you do it. And I always remind myself, like, no one ever regrets taking those 10 minutes to meditate. Like, never. But I do regret a lot when I don't take those 10 minutes to meditate. And just reminding myself that, like, it's important. It's important to, like, my physical health, my emotional well-being, my mental health. Like, that's my 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 time for me. And so that's what I have to remind myself of when I'm just not quite feeling it. Um, and then that really helps me to then, you know, stay on the bandwagon, I guess, and continue my practice. So those are the 10 meditation questions that I'm answering for you. If you are still here with me right now, thank you so much for listening to this somewhat fun, somewhat random, different um, meditation. I'm really looking forward to the meditation that is releasing on Sunday. I was writing it today, the day I was recording it, and I was just feeling like super inspired and I was really loving it. So I'm excited to share it all with you. And I just hope that wherever you are, that you are doing well and you are safe and you are healthy and that you are just feeling good and feeling balanced and and doing you know your absolute best and giving yourself credit for doing your absolute best and I think you're amazing and I appreciate you and that's all I have for you goodbye <laughs>